0: Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Bruton. Hello, folks. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity. It's a show about weirdos, doggone it. My name is John Fahey, joining me as ever, prettiest boy under the sun, the be-all, end-all, Ken-doll. <laughs> Cyborg, the human Sibian. Three kids in a trench coat, stacked on top of one another, each of them shredded, ripped, muscular, with huge cocks, two of them openly gay, one by. <laughs> The cocks, <laughs> yeah. The kids are straight, <laughs> straight as an arrow. The cocks, a little, a little crooked. My friend, a man I love, Aaron Joseph Pita. I'm here. You're queer. <laughs> Get used to it, everybody. Please, <laughs> please. Uh, hey, hey, how are Hi. you? I'm great, man. Great, Matt. I'm doing all right. That's his introduction. I'm bad at him. You said it. <laughs> so I stopped trying. To your right, my left, beautiful co-host of the show, Mr. Matt Rousseau. Hi. How are you, I'm, gorgeous man? I am quite well. You hot as fuck, man. Thank you. You're welcome. That's yeah. <laughs> uh we uh we've been having some great times. We got uh episode one hundred coming up. We Boy. have recorded two segments for that show. Both of them are Heaters. Oh yeah, Aaron. Oh, yeah, they're Two almost as favorite. hot as Matt. I mean, I think they could even surpass Matt's. fight. What Trevor Man Matt. Yeah, Trevor Man Mac. Trevor Man Mac himself. I, no, Trevor Man Matt. I enjoy a little Man Mac <laughs> from time to time as well. <laughs> Within this black pack, <laughs> of <laughs> rules of course. <laughs> uh, we uh, we have the Patreon, Aaron, as you know. Uh, just killing it over there. Of I mean, course. Yeah. Oh my god, you get the previews on here sometimes. Come on. I mean what you're I mean do you ooze it or goose it? Uh such oh, a fun episode. You know, the, the Boggs episode. People are loving the bogs. Oh god, they love it. It's truly eccentric. Five dollars a month, extra show. Per week, it's five dollars. You can't beat it. I Is... mean, you know, you, you get your Disney Plus for seven dollars, and what do you get? Just everything Disney, yeah. Marvel, Star Wars, National <laughs> <laughs> Geographic, or ESPN has ever done. Yeah, for five dollars, two dollars less, you can Three. hear us. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we've got a hundred episodes. So. Yeah, once a week, mm-hmm. and we say, you know, probably nastier, weirder shit. And on, we talk about a lot of their stuff. Yeah, we so talk, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we're a perfect uh, companion. It's better. I think we're a perfect companion membership to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. great yeah. Really? yeah. Yeah. Well, rather, they're a perfect companion to us. I, I agree. I definitely agree. We're the how Di- how they're, about- uh, They're the plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're the Disney, they're the plus. That's right. How about on the Instagram? You like that shit? I like our Instagram. I wish we had more followers. How are we going to do that? By fucking shaming our listeners into following us, because it's free. And them. I will- Shame. Fillet. What's Filet. Another one? Filet. I'll fillet them. I'll fillet them. I don't care. Flagellate. I'll chast, I'll <laughs> I mean, chatsurbate you. These all sound great. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> That's what we're doing. <laughs> Get on to the game On Disney Plus now. Uh, Disney Plus Perfect Companion subscription to <laughs> Profiles and Eccentricity. That's exactly right. That's very, very true, Aaron. Uh... We uh, we have the PP podcast on on Twitter. You got to get involved with that. Loving yeah. it. Um, yeah, I, I um, someone uh, a, a very nice listener. I'm gonna look it up. They uh, they just uh, they sent us on Twitter. Their uh, Spotify <sighs> top list of the year. <gasps> it was profiles. Was hey. it mean? Oh, because it does, it does that thing like, like hey, that, listen, huh? look at what you listen to. Hey, look what you listen to. It was these creepy pee weirdos. <laughs> Thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Jenna. Yeah. Thank you, Jenna. A lot of, you know, there is, we have been getting quite a bit of uh, interaction on the Instagram. Quite. People send us messages all the time. Mostly good. Highly, highly enjoyable. Uh, I love them. Talked about some of the finer aspects of pee with yes. one of our friends. Yes. People uh, drinking it, I believe. Is that and, right? Yeah. And Swallowing, swallowing it, loving it. Loving it. Loving uh, it. And loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> drinking pee and loving it. <laughs> uh, and what else do we talk about? All sorts of weird shit. People doing stuff to their buttholes and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Hey, it's too. important. Oh, my dear God. Putting the stamp down? Putting drugs up their butts. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are, are putting drugs goofing. up their butts. They're, yeah. they're telling us about it. It's best. Well, yeah. I guess that's the, that's the spot to do it. That's, yeah. 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 It's pretty exciting. Good luck out there. Yeah. People we don't know are putting drugs up their butts. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Shit. My butt rather over. <laughs> I uh probably from all that Lake Titty yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You guys will get that after Christmas. Yeah, well no you gotta listen to the Patreon. That was yeah. a Patreon. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, I think, so, I think yeah. that was a Patreon. Yeah, it was. Well yeah, yeah. if you wanna get the Lake Titty joke. Yeah, if you wanna hear the really stupid thing where Joe K came back and did a guest episode on Patreon. Oh, that was so uh, while he recorded his segment for the hundredth mm-hmm. episode. Um yeah, we got You're really, gonna... that was a really fucking dumb episode. We said a lot of dumb shit in that one. Oh, yeah, we had a couple of tirades. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Ashley was quoting it to the Patreon. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Nice. Uh, what was I, it? I got to keep my cock ring on to say stupid. That was one of them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, because it's hard. To, another way it's hard to pee is when you have a cock ring on. Yeah, like, oh, it's a mess. Yeah. There, was, uh, there was a lot of stuff about Tid fisting with yeah tit fisting with <laughs> the <laughs> nipple cocks it's very stuff like that <laughs> it's really really dumb stuff yeah. well yeah that's kind of what we're It's that's kind of our about, thing here. I guess yeah, yeah John you got a bunch of cards here what's this yeah, all about I, uh, are you studying these, for these, vocab? these are called uh, index cards oh what's the index <laughs> I wanted to tell you about a uh, a young gentleman uh, born in 1890 in Brooklyn New York oh I love these He was born Stanley Jacob Weinberg. Uh Uh-oh. Brooklyn, New York. Uh Uh-huh. Sounds Irish. (laughs) Yep. He uh, he wanted to be a doctor growing up. Parents could not afford it. (gasps) Tragic, right? (sighs) What did he do? He didn't become a doctor. I'll tell you that. He went to work uh, just doing kind of like menial, shitty jobs. You know how you do when you're a poor, (laughs) right? Uh, But he is a bright sort of lad, and he wants to live the lives of the privileged. So he becomes an imposter. Ah, yeah. And the first time he was an imposter was in 1910, so he's a mere 20 years old. And he uh, he poses as the uh, consul representative to the Port du Auber uh-huh. uh, in Morocco, which does not exist. There is no Port du Auber, uh-huh. and that's Morocco for you. He starts going to a bunch of uh, fancy New York City restaurants and telling them, like, "Yeah, I'm the new uh, diplomat consul. from Port du Auber," and he's telling the press. And the they, press, yeah, the, the only people who look stuff up, the press and uh, they they look it up uh, <laughs> and how times have changed. Yeah. It is not good for him. Hmm. Yeah. He goes to. He, does he lose his job? He go, the, go, well, has the <laughs> consul, did the consul <laughs> yeah. find out that he lied about their <laughs> existence? <laughs> he goes, he goes to prison uh, and um, it's one of these things where I guess like impersonation is kind of like. Uh, in in the day, appropriately, in my opinion, uh, the penalty for it is not too harsh because it's pretty fun. But yeah. also, like, low stage. Y- you sh- yeah, yeah. you should also know this guy's not from. It's kind of like shame. Well, on, but, but also because shame on you. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of you kind of can't know unless you know a lot of shit, right? That it's also like it's kind of harmless, I guess, right? Well, and like, like you know, you how are you gonna fault the fucking concierge at the Ritz-Carlton, New York, for not knowing right. that there's no consul of <laughs> right. Port Duaber when he doesn't have a fucking iPhone. Right, and not only that, like so much of what these scams work for is the idea that you're mainly talking to people beneath you in status, right? Mm. Alleged status. Right, when actually you're probably closer to each other. Yeah. So, if, you, if, if, if I'm the fucking fraudulent uh, consul from Morocco, and I'm trying to get into a party here, in L.A., and there's a guy at the door, does he get in more trouble from not letting somebody that should be in, Mm -hmm. or letting letting in somebody that should should not? Right. It's obviously holding up the person that should be in there. Right. That's the actual danger. That's why you get all this access Yeah. shit goes by, right? But he still doesn't get away with it because he makes too much of a show of it, Right. (laughs) Between 1910 and 1915, he claims to be an investigator for the mayor of New York, William Gaynor. An investigator for the mayor. For the mayor. Uh, <laughs> the mayor hears about it and writes him and tells him to knock it off. <laughs> he writes right The to mayor him writes to him. To He's like, do not do this. You Stop it. Stop. must cease at once. He also claims to be a uh, uh, bombardier in the Balkan War and says he was awarded a medal... By the Turkish Sultan, whom he was bombing in that war, he was so good at fighting the Sultan oh, that boy. the Sultan was like, "Man, I gotta take my hat to this guy." Those bombs dropped on my civilians—completely <laughs> insane, right? Uh 1915. He's uh, he's released from prison for the second time for these uh, numerous uh, fraudulent uh, identification thefts, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh he then goes on to become uh, Lieutenant Commander Ethan Allen Weinberg. Ethan a- Allen, yes, mm-hmm. and he is the consul general for Romania. He uh, goes on board in a brilliantly blue outfit with like a a, a very uh, elegant cap with a mm-hmm. gold braid feathered? coming from oh, okay. it. Okay, oh, uh, like a fez on board. Yeah, okay. yeah on board the USS Wyoming. And uh, he gives what the captain of the ship says is a hell of an inspection. Oh, I bet he does. Of the ship. Never serves a day in the military. He gives this inspection. He goes, you got to do this and you got to do that. And he's like showing everybody around. But he's also like having a great time with everybody. And then at the end, he invites them all to the hotel, uh, Astor Hotel, uh, for dinner. And in the midst of this, the... uh, The Bureau of Investigation, not yet the FBI, Mm -hmm. is alerted to his presence, and they uh, have agents come and suss him out and pick him up, and he is supposedly famously to have said, could you not have arrested me before or after dessert? Yes. Right. Guys, my ride is here, Uh, friends. He gets one year in jail for that stunt. So, wait, how long was he in jail for the other one? one? That's another year. Oh, okay. Right? There's like one or two year increments for all of these sentences. And it's just like, it's kind of harmless. You know, it's kind of just being a pain in the ass, right? Uh, But also, I feel like it's, even if you do it over and over again, it is one of those things where it's like, Get your shit together and don't yeah. have a random person be able to show up and act like... He got a 21-gun salute when he came oh, to inspect well. that ship. Well, I mean, they didn't have that many bullets on board either, you know? 21-gun salute for this guy that just, like, had access to a phone or whatever and was, like, told, like... <laughs> he, oh, He dressed right. Yeah, he He, yeah, he, he appeared he, Romanian to them. He addressed, He, he dressed very much the part, and that was kind of, like... A part of his gig, like throughout the whole thing, uh, <laughs> dressing right. Well, well, there is a uh, there's a, a study I saw recently where if you wear an outfit, mm-hmm. you are much more likely to be perceived as an authority figure, mm-hmm. right? So if you sh- if you, even even to yourself, sure, not even jo- to other people too, just for the job you want, yeah, right. Not the job you have. The con goes every way. Yes. Yeah. It so is. so he was convincing himself. All by And also convincing other people. Yeah. Right, like if you if you run around the house wearing pajamas. Yeah. Well, you're a pajama person. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Adjust.
0: Okay. Put, put pants and shoes on. Yeah. You know, you might need to run away somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might need to answer the door. Definitely. Might need a karate chop. Uh-huh. Or some shit. Right. Be prepared. You should. And, you know, dress for the job you want, not right. the, for the job you have. Yes. Yes, I agree. You got to put your bat suit on. Yeah. You do. You got to have a bat suit, dude. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for that. Don't. Don't. No, you're totally right. I I do agree. I think I think uh you got to be you got to be on the ball in that regard because there was that thing where like I was like a 19-year-old like working for FedEx and I know that like I looked like a FedEx guy. Mhm. Had I worn my regular 19-year-old clothes. They would be like get the fuck away from me. Imagine me in like the yeah. third floor of the Bank of America building. Right. They'd be like, "Uh, what?" And like then I show up like in just like a ridiculous FedEx short shorts. Right. You know, farmer tan like half sleeve, like, you know, like the like Did you wear that stuff? Oh yeah, Did you get the short white shorts. They no, white? they weren't like blue. Sh- they were they that were... X blue. Is yeah, it, yeah, what color They were is it they were blue? blue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Oh, like a softball umpire. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, hot. hot. It's polyester. It yeah. You want to imagine that for a while? I'm. Just... I've been thinking about it since the day I met. Did you, <laughs> you, you, you? You tan your legs a little bit in the Florida sun? Well, because you have that door open on your left side. Well, oh left side, Your left side. It's not gets... the trucker's tan. It's, it's not. The... It's not just a full farmer's tan. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. It's a UPS FedEx Mm -hmm. tangent. Well, because the truckers get the left arm, but you also got the leg too. Yeah, because the whole thing's open, right? Mess. Nice. Disgusting. No. (laughs) Two leg. Thank you, Aaron. He takes the mantle of Royal Saint Serre, a lieutenant in the British Army Air Corps. And uh, he Air Corps? What year is this? This is 1917. Okay. This is the outbreak of the First World War. Good move. He is arrested when uh, (laughs) he was on an inspection tour of the Brooklyn Armory after a suspicious military tailor uh, alerted the police. So the tailor was just like, oh, there's something not right about this frivolous outfit this idiot is wearing. The seems all fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, you could just tell, like, oh, this guy. Why is he doing inspections? He could get free drinks somewhere, couldn't he? Well, here's part of the thing with um, the gentleman that will come to be known eventually, after all of his aliases, he'll come to be known most commonly as Stanley Clifford Wayman. He's born Stephen Jacob Weinberg. Stanley Clifford Wayman is his eventual... Nom de guerre. Oh. He's been in a lot of wars, too, Forever. Right? Yeah. Um, the thing with him that's so fascinating to me is that this guy was never really doing it for anything but the juice. <gasps> Which, for him, is the action. Mm-hmm. So it's never about money. It really is about just inhabiting another life. Nice. And if he feels like he's completed a mission, then he will just retire that life. Mm. and then create another one. So there's no the winning is just everything stops getting away with it. Yeah. It's just getting away with it. That's is, it. Do you does he want to get caught? I don't think so. I don't I mean I mean that's deep psychology. It's hard to say, sure, sure, right? Sure, sure. That's what I would say. And so um 1920 he's you know, Wayman's paroled. Uh he forges credentials to become a uh a, a doctor in Lima, Peru, which uh he does for uh, a <laughs> <laughs> he cured 385 people <laughs> yeah. of the ailments. He, he does that he really deep on it. He does that. He throws a bunch of huge parties until his credit runs out, and then he's arrested. Right? <laughs> I mean, as long as he's doing good, it's not it's a big an, deal. It's right? No harm. Yeah. Another one of his, of his, uh, you know, uh, arrests. But then he gets word of this Princess Fatima from Afghanistan, and Princess Fatima is like. Kind of, uh, like, Hot. almost a charlatan herself where she's, like, uh, not really representative of the government of Afghanistan, but is just kind of, like, trying to float in these circles. Cool. And she is trying to meet President William G. Harding at the time. and uh, It's the movie Dirt and Rod- Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Uh, yeah. And she is ignored, by the, she's she's ignored, ignored by the the State movie. Department and uh, certainly, not, you know, not the fucking president whatever, right? And, um... He just sees this in the paper, and he's just, like, at home, no no disguise at the time, living his real life, depressed. And he's just like, I'll take care of this. Swoops in as U.S. US Naval Liaison Officer with the State Department. And uh, he, he meets her, and he, he pledges to arrange a liaison with the president to the Princess Fatima with her three sons. And uh, she has, like, a huge diamond, and she says, like, I want to meet this handsome president and stuff. (laughs) And um, he gets her to give him $10,000 for gifts to bribe and grease the wheels of government. And then he takes that money... And he gets her, like, uh, a royal carriage, like, to Washington, (laughs) D.C., and then gets her, uh, like, an elite uh, suite at the uh, Willard Hotel, and he goes to the State Department and starts name dropping a bunch of, like, senators that are movers and shakers (sighs) at the time, and he's like, he doesn't know how, like, protocol works or anything, but he just says kind of the right shit, and he gets her a meeting with the Secretary of State, (laughs) and then... (laughs) (laughs) On the 26th of July, he gets to a meeting with Warren G. Harding, the president of the United States. Oh, my God. And, like, he's, like, taking pictures on the White House lawn with, like, all of her delegation from Afghanistan and shit like that. And, like, it's, like, it's touchy because, like, the Brits are kind of like, hey, Afghanistan is, like still under our authority it's our hell we, we don't <laughs> yes, we don't yeah, want you like yeah. acknowledging them what are you doing right. and so after he gets her into the white house he just goes back to brooklyn he's like all right that's done was he having sex with her uh i don't know i don't think so hmm. if he was the game was the sex that's the juice, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't, don't think it was like the hottest game in town. So was <laughs> she's a princess, bro. <laughs> in order to catch her, he pretended to be a US ambassador. Yes. Uh, the, the naval liaison officer between the, naval the States liaison. Department was enough to keep nobody asking questions. Well, Afghanistan, because if you're in the, the Navy, Navy yeah. you assume it's a State Department appointment. If you're in the State Department, you assume it's the Navy. And if you're a princess, you think he's the head seaman in charge. (laughs) So it was just the perfect kind of thing where it was like, oh, this guy knows both. Why don't I ask him? So he was doing, he, he was using the same line for the U.S. officials too. Oh, yeah. Not just her. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Nobody made a phone call. I mean, you know, it's hard to find a phone back then, and it's going to take you ten minutes to dial. No, you just say operator. Oh, that's right. You're right. Right, and also you don't have to dial. <laughs> right, I mean, right. you know, it's like, even quicker. The conviction of of just saying I am who I am. Yeah, you know the power of that exactly. Of course, and and it was working for all of them, and that, but it was one of these things too, where like the con artist was conned by somebody else because right. she clearly was kind of a con artist herself, uh, and but he did it for no. Goal other than getting it done, yeah, it's to prove that he could do it. Then he just like went home and like my, was like, All right, that's finish that mission accomplished. It's, it's like that movie where they're like, uh, I know you've been retired 10 years, but you're the goddamn best, yeah. We need you for this one more, last one last job. He, he, one last job. He, <laughs> so they're basically like, What the fuck happened here? The British are mad about us indulging in this Afghani delegation. And they're like, it's this guy fucking Wyman or whatever. And and then he's back in Brooklyn. And so the State Department just throws it at the Justice Department, which then is like, go get this asshole. (laughs) And they find him and he goes to jail for another couple of years. (laughs) And it's just for the juice. He's got to be so comfortable when he goes back, though. Yeah, yeah. it's like nice come out reinvented. Yeah, I got I got some character work coming. Yeah, I got meaning to do. I get, yeah, I got two years. It's so hard <laughs> to concentrate out there in the free world. <laughs> now and I'm here. He, he never like you know he he'll he'll willing to dress frivolously to act the part. Right? He's never changing his face. Right? Mm. And now we're like in the 1920s, etc. Mm. Gets out of jail. All these World War One veterans with their Silent masks. Silent film actor. <laughs> Silent film actor Rudolph Valentino dies. <laughs> okay. No one knows what he sounds like. His 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 widow uh, <laughs> is a woman named Pola Negri, uh, an, an actor herself. Okay. Mm. I think I've heard this name. And he attaches himself to her as her physician. Uh-huh. And he's like, he's orchestrating almost the end, because she's so... Bereaved and distraught, that he's or- organizing the entire funeral for Rudolph Valentino. Is it a silent funeral? This silent film actor, who he kind of looks a little bit like, weirdly, uh-huh. and he's like, he's just staying super close to her, giving giving reports on like her health condition. Uh, he organizes within Rudolph Valentino's home a faith healing center. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the center. And Is then that to pe- heal your pe- faith or people. To people recognize him being all over the TV, and they're like, "That's that fucking guy from the fucking Navy Yard. That fucking asshole." <laughs> it's not the TV; it's the newspaper, right? Yeah, it was, okay. yeah. and And they're like that guy on the T. The yeah. newspaper on the wall. They're like, "Flip it faster!" <laughs> they're like, "That shithead." So like, because he never changes his face. Yeah. No. And she is so in love with him that she never presses charges when she finds out he's a total oh, that's quack. That's amazing. And she wrote to the AMA saying he was the best doctor she ever had. <laughs> uh, yeah, he what? Did, he didn't put no cardboard rolls up me or nothing. <laughs> she was like Carl Tanzel, she he. was like, this is this guy is the best. I, I'm not mad. I'm not pressing charge. So, like, he It's just, the faith. He just didn't go to jail for that one. It's the faith. I mean, faith healing is the perfect. That's the perfect thing, medium for him to get into there. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, it works based, you know. <laughs> yeah, based on whatever you want. It, yeah. And if it doesn't work, you're not praying hard enough. Yeah, exactly. So, after that incident, right? Now it's the thing where you, now you're the, the famously two time caught guy, right? At, mm-hmm. at bare minimum. Mm-hmm. So, throughout the 1930s, Great Depression, et cetera. He can't really get too many jobs off, right? And he's kind of like, yeah, a little bit fucked he's kind of go back to like his menial jobs and shit. World War 2 breaks out. God damn it. He opens up a school for draft dodgers. <laughs> Like, to learn how to dodge the draft? Or like, hey, did you dodge a draft, but also have You want uh, for... electricity? To learn how to dodge the draft. No. You want to know how, Aaron? He shoots him in the leg. I do. He teaches them how to act retarded. Yeah! We were just talking about this! <laughs> or, death. Uh, ah... He's teaching hes teaching these guys to act. Well, he was a silent film star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's teaching these guys to act. Either straight Depp. up mentally handicapped oh or deaf. God. Oh, my God. If they are not good enough actors, he will just puncture your eardrum. Oh, so you don't have to act. He will make, so he, he yep, make you he'll deaf. He will make you deaf. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what was the school called? <laughs> I don't know, but but he, he got caught for that and went to jail for a a, a I bunch hope for of a years. Minute, yeah. yeah, a bunch of years. Uh <laughs> just uh, how did he advertise that? Yeah, you <laughs> That's you play be. deaf like a retard. That's got to be... <laughs> get over there with the second group. That's got to be just word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it can't be word of mouth. Yeah, it's got to be word half, of yeah. It's got to be word of hand. this guy that showed me how to be retarded. <laughs> He's the best, believe me. <laughs> what did thing. you say? I actually... Yeah, uh, uh-huh. I, I couldn't hear. I wasn't that good. I couldn't hear you. I can't hear you now. So he he has this one thing where he's he's trying to be a journalist at the UN, right? Wait, he, what? He fakes his credentials to be a journalist at the UN. It's again he has he has this maxim at the end of his life where he says, um, "One man's life is a boring thing. I lived lives. many lives. Yeah. I'm never bored." So, like, that is where this guy is coming from. Yeah, Sure. And it's also total chaos, if anyone follows his uh, idiom. So, journalist at the UN might be less than a diplomat from Morocco, but he's just like, that's just what I am now, right? Yeah, oh, this diplomat. he uh, He's a journalist. Wow, this guy is... Killer. He becomes friendly with the Vermont state senator, uh, Warren Austin, and a delegate from Russia, Andre Gromyko. And they invite him to be... Uh, <laughs> The Thai delegation invites him to be a, a full press officer with full diplomatic like credits. This guy can talk. He checks into the State Department to see if it would affect his U.S. citizenship <laughs> taking that role, and they realize he's a total fraud. <laughs> 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 I mean, you this what? might bummy into hey, a whole new tax yeah, bracket. Yeah, is like, yeah, this gonna buttfuck me later or right now as I ask you this question? <laughs> Am I buttfucking myself? <laughs> and you know, everybody is just like oh, what a shame. Hmm. Like because they're like, man, I wish I had anybody that was, you know, able to fulfill this job, right? Right. Uh 1954, uh he tries to get A home improvement loan of $5,000 for a house that doesn't exist. Naturally. Uh, He fails to convince the judge he's insane. (laughs) Goes to jail again. (laughs) That's got to be really embarrassing if you can't convince a judge you're insane. And so now he just is fucked. And he has to go back to the exact same layman shit he started when he couldn't afford to be a doctor. And he's working as a night porter in a hotel. Right? Right. And a robbery goes down, and he tries to intervene in the robbery and gets shot to death. Oh, Wait, what year is this? 1960. He's 70 years old. Shit. <laughs> and one of the cops is like, I knew this guy. I know his whole past. In this instance, he was totally being brave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty brave in the other ones. Everything else he did was brave. Yeah. Totally being a good guy. (laughs) Uh, Today I'm a savior. (laughs) You know, I know he died for us and saved our lives in the process, (laughs) but I couldn't help but feeling he was faking it. (laughs) What was the hotel called? I gotta look that up. Because it it reminded me, there's a Woody Guthrie song called the Hot Rod Hotel, where it's just the next night, the, the porter goes in, and it's just a pile of blood everywhere. But his sixties, Woody's not right at that point. Yeah, it's. I mean, the main thing about this guy that's so fascinating to me is that he was just always willing to do it for the action. It was not for money. There was a lot of times he could have taken money, and some of it legit, and some of it not, and he just wouldn't to stay with the grift. Mm-hmm. Like he gets the ten grand from the princess, and he doesn't bail. He gets her to DC. i say gets, I would. I would let you meet the president. Gets her the meeting with the president. And, like, what does that say to you about what all of us can actually do? If you if you put your mind to it, you can mm-hmm. accomplish anything. And, and I yep. mean, this is a month of attention that this guy paid. It's also, like, a much simpler, different time, you know. Used to, you know. People still crash White House parties. Well, I mean, yeah. People it t- is still then, a thing. People today, is, you know, they, uh, they make the fake website. They 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 think about they, there is still these thoughts of how do I how would someone look me up how do right. I cover my tracks right. yeah and so there's the fake website there's yeah. the bigdickreviews.org <laughs> oh, from the first search result yeah uh-huh. you see that you know there's the there's the phone number that goes to another phone that they yeah, have right and they say oh tommy yeah he's all right yeah this guy i mean he was he was um he was really just into you know the ride, and like there was never any like long term scam. He would go back to a Brooklyn apartment at the end of it, you know it wasn't like one of these things where it was just like faking himself into the role for permanent right it was still it was always a role for him, yeah, what it, the fuck do you think that is, man? <sighs> Is it just like mm-hmm. it's not going to be entertaining if I'm the same role every day and I have to be different ones? Yeah, maybe that's the type of challenge he was looking for. Right? Who knows? It's very... uh Well, what was the... Wait. I mean, as opposed to, like, just assuming someone's identity entirely. Yeah. Well, know? like we did Cassie Chadwick, right? Right. She faked like she was a rich person and she was just a total scam artist. But it carried her through staying rich in prison. Yeah. And that was her game was just to stay wealthy and comfortable, right? But this guy is just like, yeah, I'll go back to Oh, no, my I'm shit done hole. with that. Yeah, I'll go yeah. back to my shithole. He's a real artist. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, it that's kind of is, man. Yeah. It really kind yeah, of is. I buy it. I buy it. It's like, I mean, he figured out his thing. Yeah, and then what? He fucking dies in a fucking, like, a hotel.
1: Well, I mean, rob- it w- I mean
0: there was his, uh, he wasn't, whenever all of these jobs he took, he followed it through until he got <laughs> caught. He just got caught with a bullet this time. Yeah, I think that is almost just kind of like one of those things where it's like, <laughs> he's like, all right, everybody knows I'm only me and definitely me now. Like, I'm famously me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so famously not anybody else but me, <laughs> that now I guess I just got to be me. Yeah. And now I guess in my 70th year, I'm going to foil a hotel robbery I mean, and get shot doing it? That's a good way to go out, considering. Damn, 70-year-old man? Yeah. Overpowering somebody with a gun—that's pretty impressive. Well, he was—he was overpowered by the bullet in the end, but yeah. Well, but, it made he, versus but he, bullet. But he stopped the—he stopped the robbery. He was a hero. He—he he did die a hero. This—this—this—I I mean, mean, this this man cop was like, this guy really sucked. <laughs> man, I know all about this guy. <laughs> but I'll be goddamned if he didn't save the mine and the of fifteen <laughs> <Yeah>. other civilians. <laughs> you know, like he was just—he really totally gave it up for him. Yeah. He's like, fuck. I mean, I, you know, I have to wonder what his uh, childhood was like to uh, even, They you know, give you so little on the childhood, other than that he was born in Brooklyn and just wanted to be a doctor. And his parents did not have the means <sighs> to afford him to be an esteemed, right. you know, whatever. Uh-huh. And so then he just starts pretending to be yeah, it works doctors, a, bit. Mm. Uh, a lot of naval officers, um, sometimes foreign dignitaries, uh, but mainly staying in those three. Doctor, foreign dignitary, or a military officer. Mm. What, is the, what is the job today that you say that people don't wouldn't really know. U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. Someone's got to fill that. EU or the Anybody in the Trump administration. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the job about two weeks. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I put my cards right, I got another week. <laughs> Hi, I'm the press secretary. I have not given one press conference in over a year. I didn't even take notes. I'm the Department of Energy guy. Five years ago, I I ran for president. And the morning. I, I to, forgot that I wanted to destroy the Department of. Good, good thing I forgot it, because otherwise uh, I wouldn't even run for it. Yeah, he has you know um, names veering from Weinberg to Wyman. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's Ethan Allen Weinberg. Sometimes... Ethan Allen Mance Black. <laughs> so Yeah, but but it's basically all the same thing. He never really tries to hide it, even when he's actively wanted by the cops and federal authorities. Shh. And he. Uh, he never like you know, pawns any of his his outfits after he's done doing a role. like there's none of that shit. Um he kind of just doesn't hide. He kind of just stays doing the same thing. stays mm-hmm. in the same neighborhood in Brooklyn. It's amazing how he just keeps getting away with it, and then the only time he would go back to jail to be he gets caught, or he doesn't go to parole hearings because he's busy. <laughs> he's grifting him. Him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, being you know, I'm researching a role. Terribly sorry, right? Hey, he's an yeah. actor. I mean, uh, so he's 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 kind of like the opposite of Clark Kent. In that you open his closet, and there's ten million, there's a thousand different outfits. Yeah. You know? And the stress of it just must be completely insane. No, but I think he, well, it well, not insane to him because he loved that. And he probably has, he like, off. you know, a pathological absence of worry. Right. But staying in the same place and all that shit, right? Can you imagine seeing somebody and you'd be like, oh, did I meet you when I was fucking Charles Weinberg? Or yeah. do I know you as Stanley Wyman? Or, like, Maybe who am I, that. you? What do I do? I don't even remember. Like, but it also kind of sounds like, you know, it was a game. So if someone did say, hey, weren't you that ambassador? He'd be like, oh, uh, many things. Among other things. Yeah. yeah it Is was... your cat sick? Because I'm also a vet. Yeah, there's this whole thing about like how the author of this New Yorker article that I drew a lot from was talking about how, like, the, the artist will also try to draw an impersonating, like, identity with, like, the pseudonym and stuff and, like, mm. how, like... Sure, a nom de plume. Right, because even when they're just doing art, they even still feel like an impersonator. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And stuff, you know, so it's, like, easy to sometimes, sometimes, like, divvy those things up where they go, like, all right, this is me, but this is me as... It's Garth Brooks, Chris Gaines. Right, Yes. Very crispy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if you're uh, you're doing stand-up and you're like, oh, that kind of sounds like a joke that person would do. Someone that I've revered. Right. Yes. Is it really me? Yeah. Yeah. Or did I absorb it? One I night? guess. I guess I'll go on stage. Uh, my name is Home Run now. Right. And so that was also the thing they talk about in this article, where like a lot of like. Modern composers, for instance, would try to attribute things they didn't want to admit were theirs to <laughs> past dead composers, to be like, <laughs> Man, he "Oh, this is a <laughs> newly yeah. uncovered yeah, 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 thing." Yeah, and thing pe- like <laughs> in hindsight, people are like, "Oh no, that was totally this. He's totally lying." Yeah, it like, sucks. So it's, it's his style and everything. Like this guy was like maybe trying to ape the style of Beethoven or whatever the fuck, but like he just wasn't comfortable enough yet saying this is my piece of work, right? And that's an important you. You have to. You have to be okay with your own failures and, you know, accept the... Uh... Right, but so many people are not. Right. They well, want to have this practice around and they're like, oh yeah, that was uh, uh, Renoir. What? <laughs> the sound of paint. <laughs> how, I mean, how much more humiliating is that? It's yeah. just to sully some other massively important artist thing rather than your own dumb ass. <laughs> you, you're worried that you suck. I not do that. But... <laughs> <laughs> Mozart really fell off at the end. he <laughs> <If laughs> <it's> me embarrassing, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this guy is like i mean he's he's so fascinating to me because he's just like he's just about being an actor, yeah, yeah he's really it's for the love of the game, it's mm-hmm. really the role, you know, and he likes doing it, but it's it's just for the end of the mission, and then it's totally done, you know, and like. You know, a lot of times he gets caught, obviously, or whatever, but like it was really just about seeing, like, how high can I go in this role and get away with it? And if I do, I'll just retire it. Mm -hmm. If I get caught, I'll go to jail. Who gives a shit? But that is all. There's nothing about really like grifting money, which he could have and like stowed away for his Brooklyn apartment, all that shit. He's a purist. Yeah, it's really artistic. Yeah, and I pretty, really respect it's pretty Chris, it. Uh, Chris Burden of him. Yes, yeah, it yeah. really is. It's very much like the prankster. When is when is the prank art, and when is the art a prank? You right. know, right? Um, it's not like he pretended to be a judge and send someone to death. Right. That would have been yeah. a <laughs> Just twelve fifty nine and fifty nine seconds. They pull the switches. Ah, <laughs> got <Gotcha>, you. <gotcha. laughs> The governor just called us. <laughs> oh, I'm the governor. Governor early, shit. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's he's just fucking, like, you know, this kind of harmless dude that comes in and out of, like, hugely public life, but stays in his little corner of the world, becomes an old man, mm-hmm. dies in this weirdly heroic fashion, but, like... Why not study how fucking fascinating his pranks are? Right. Well, it's kind of like a catch-me-if-you-can type thing. Mm. But, yeah. but but he didn't, because it wasn't a ton of money and he didn't defraud the government or anything, they were like, the government didn't think they could use him. Mm. You know? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think even uh, it's Frank Abigail, right? Yeah, from catching if you can. Yeah. yeah, but even he like wanted to like permanently stay hidden in sure one may. of those roles. You know, this guy was just like, no, no, nope, I'm done. Yeah, that's I that. mean that's the beauty of it. It's just, oh, the season's over. Well, I guess it's just it's like I'm off Broadway. Like I just can't understand how he can come to that. I love it. It's crazy. I am mean, a good impersonator. Yeah, you just do it, and you just. I mean, at some point, is Marcel Marceau? Uh, is he the mime, or is he Marcel Marceau? Right. Right. Like, can you imagine being an elevator operator in this building that this guy got shot at uh-huh. and, like, hear this guy's story? He comes stories. down and he's wearing a different outfit this week. You know, you know, know what I mean? Like, and you Today, just, I'm the salt number nine. You know, like, you hear the different shit from this guy and you go, like, do you guys know what's up with fucking Stanley over there? Because it turns out, like, he was a total maniac. And they're like, oh, yeah, he went to jail a lot. Yeah. Well, you seen his fez? Yeah. <laughs> his golden braid fez? <laughs> he inspected a naval ship? What are you getting out of that? It's just the juice. Yeah, yeah, and knowing that you can do it like it's proving something to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's, I mean it's really going full method. Yeah. It's like pff, now I'm this guy. Isn't mm-hmm. it also kind of tearing down the elites too? To be like, now <laughs> I'm gonna Anybody this can shit, do it. And yeah. I'm gonna fucking take them all out to the hotel Aster. Yeah. I love it. And that, I'm not yeah. gonna pay for anything <laughs> yeah. either. Yeah. I believe the country of Romania has the tab on this one. Which <laughs> I've never been to. <laughs> Let me draw you their dollars. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. It's like, you know, uh, Rudolph Valentino's widow just not even fucking it. having a single problem with him being like, he's the best doctor I've ever had. The man knows nothing about medicine. He knows about me, damn it. Yeah. It's my body. Yes. God. Jesus. Pretty good stuff. You like that sort of shit? A Weinberg action. You like that shit? I do. I love somebody uh-huh. pretending to be someone they're not. Oh, God. And really just kind of... Just,
1: just kind of z- wading in. in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ingratiate myself. I'm really going to put down some roots in this level of society, this upper middle class. Without hiding my face. Oh, no, no, no. My face is my mask. I mean, he's got pictures next to the Princess Fatima just like in full uniform and shit and like... People later on are just like, oh yeah, this guy's just totally full of nonsense. Like, <laughs> hey, he did like, it. this beautiful, like regal uniform on, like just total bullshit. Goes to the White House. What? Yeah, he's a president. Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, During the war, too. I like, guess. I mean, it's uh, so many. There's so many men not there. You know, they... it's, a, it's no joke. Uh, I gotta. If you want to take a quick little break, I can bring a little small uh, shit. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. All right. Just as a final little thing about the Wayman character, mm-hmm. they said that like they thought that this guy was such a like master of disguise and like a completely underground phenomenon. Like they never thought to look for him at his house. They didn't think he actually had a real they house. thought they thought he would be so like deeply ensconced <laughs> in the uh, like underworld that he would, but meanwhile like his neighbors talked about we got used to seeing him go in the house one way and out another way like just as a totally different person like it just became completely normal. I love it did he ever forge any documents? Cause he, that's like that, that's another level of it crime. Is. Right? It is, and I don't know how if it was you know up to somebody else's work, but um, it definitely seemed that the vast majority of his con was just social. That's not so bad, No. You know. Um, doesn't seem like the worst guy. Okay? Now you bring ink and paper into it. Now it's <laughs> yeah, federal. That's, that's a problem. Fuck you in the ass. Yeah, and people were almost charmed by how brazen he was. They were like, "Look at this guy showing up as the fucking, you know, like an admiral in the navy. Like, look at him. Like the cops arresting him. They were like, pretty good stuff. Look pal. at this fucking guy. Like when he would show up, like they were like, God, thought my brother had to be a retard. <laughs> 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 I'm not exactly a lightweight here. <laughs> Matt, you got some goods? I got a, a little thing for you guys. Uh, here's a here's a man who, uh, you know, I don't really, um, I'm not a big fan of, you know, I don't know. It, it's it's not because the money, it's because the people, what they do with the money. But here's a, here's a millionaire that uh, had some fun with it, you know. And uh, this guy, uh, his name was uh, James Marion West Jr. He was the son of James Marion West, one of Texas... Texas's uh, first uh, millionaire oil man. Mm. And so he grew he was born 1903, September 26, 1903. And uh, at that time to be, uh, his dad was probably already a millionaire by then. And uh, so immediately he's just in yeah. the life, right? Rockley uh hat, monocle, silver yeah. spoon in mouth. Yeah. With, full of coat. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> He uh, he even goes to a university, he graduates from Southwestern University in Texas, which is a university that his dad funded, you know, yeah. basically like every Ivy League school now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. I built a school for you to go to. And then you won't fail. I've populated it with thousands of <laughs> actors. <laughs> uh, there you go, he, he also graduates uh, from UT Austin but he doesn't really uh, do anything with his life other than he gets well known and gets his nickname as silver dollar jim oh because all he does with his life other than spend his money is he's obsessed with silver dollars everywhere he goes he has silver do- his he has pockets sewn specifically into his clothes to hold piles of silver dollars oof uh and sounds like an indoor kid all right <laughs> yeah Yeah, I mean, and he's eccentric in other ways. He builds this mansion, and the mansion has, it's a six-car garage and only has five cars, so he tells his secretary to go buy him a Cadillac to make sure the garage has enough cars to, uh, he's also, uh, he also has, you know, a bunch of guns, 30 to 35 guns. Gotta have the guns. uh, Yep, he's a regular at the casino in town, and uh, basically he, he, um, he just, everywhere he goes, he throws silver dollars around. Ah. If a valet brings him a car, he gives the valet silver dollars. If he goes to a restaurant, he tips in silver dollars. If he's bored, he takes the silver dollars and throws them on the ground because he wants to see people chase after him. What is the, the value of the silver dollar? At it's a dollar. Point? One dollar. At, at but I'm saying uh, for inflation, I guess. A dollar is a dollar. So whatever a paper dollar was worth back then, that's what I'm saying what is the paper dollar worth back then? like how ah. much money are these guys what's the dollar after? what's the dollar yeah yeah, I mean what year is this this is uh, this is between so he was born in 1903. So this is between I don't know 1923 and 19. 19- okay, so a dollar oh. is no joke, right? And it's it, you know, no motherfucking. We, joke. we 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 didn't have the uh, um, the Bitcoin ATMs. The the silver. The, yeah, the, the history of the silver dollar. <laughs> I like to do ATM with my Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, Bitcoin. We even had a. We... <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> We even had a gold dollar briefly in the 1800s. Did we? Yes. Um, no, it was too flashy for us. Yeah. Uh, in the Eisenhower era, we eventually, uh, after this guy dies in '57, there are the, the the silver dollars reintroduced in the '70s, I believe. Yes. But there's like three or four hanging around, different types hanging around by then. And it never says. Nothing I read says what exactly the silver dollar he had. But he was just, uh, he would throw parties, and if he wasn't having fun, or even if he was having fun, I guess, he would take a bunch of silver dollars and throw them in the pool see, just to see people dive after him. Ah oh, man. It's like the banquet of chestnuts. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but he's this richest man in town. Uh, he built a radio tower on his property. Oh, and, as which people tend to do. Yeah, and he would just play tons of music. He would play music all night. His, his neighbors hated him. He'd play music from speakers. Oh God! Just all over the yard. Uh, he'd also play. Uh, <laughs> this is from TexasCoopPower.com. dot com. Apparently, uh, he would also play at night. He would play the sound of trains passing because they didn't have any trains running through the town. Oh, it's <laughs> reassuring to. Uh, yeah, it was very yeah, calm. Just very like good. home. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here it comes. Wow, it's getting closer. He he, and he became known kind of worldwide. An Irish boy uh, wrote to him saying that uh, he uh, (laughs) he wrote a letter, and you know, uh, uh, Silver Dollar Jim, you know, was known throughout town as Silver Dollar Jim. And this Irish boy, eight-year-old Irish boy, apparently, he wrote a letter to Houston. This is in Houston, and he said it was addressed to quote any millionaire. (laughs) <laughs> pony up what gives <laughs> yeah, that's basically yours <laughs> truly <laughs> and he wrote to him he said he was at he wrote to any millionaire asking for a cowboy outfit so silver dollar Jim, a boy in ireland is a that boy it? in ireland wrote to houston to any millionaire asking for a cowboy outfit yeah you know who the real hero is there is the postal service yes, yes exactly it's like I know a millionaire. I'll give this to a young Irish boy. <laughs> Any millionaire in Houston, I know just the one. Just you wait. He's, he does things a little bit differently. <laughs> he uh, Apparently, so he sent the kid a whole Western outfit, and he got some pictures back, and those pictures were, uh, he kept them forever. Aw. Uh, he, he, he also loved, you know, with his guns, he also loved law enforcement, and he became an honorary sheriff of the town, and he would ride behind the cops when they were like, at night, he had like, he had people he had a guy that was assigned to ride with him. Right, he had a bodyguard on the ride along. What a nerd. Yeah, what a total nerd. I'd like to play cops and robbers, but (laughs) from the safety of the shotgun (laughs) area. Lieutenant A.C. Martindale, that was his uniform partner. So they would ride around in the middle of the night, and if there was a call, they would both show up. And he would play sheriff. I mean, there's, there's a story from, like, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago where some guy was doing this, and he accidentally, his gun went off and shot somebody. Because uh, he Yikes. was playing sheriff. Because he had a ton of money. So this stuff still happens. They still get honorary sheriff Oh, yeah, if you have enough money, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I killed him. Yeah. Well, I am the sheriff. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, That's he, terrifying. He had over $100 million. I mean, most of it uh, was probably inherited, but uh, he also got into the oil business himself. Oh, no. He had a fleet of over uh, uh, 30 Cadillacs. He had a $500,000 <laughs> castle. Ooh. At one point, he really got into the color blue, so he had all of his clothes changed to blue, and all of his Cadillacs changed to blue. Oh, man. Blue is dope. I mean, it's I guess it's a you know primary color and all blue that. Blue is cool. Have you seen blue? It's good. I mean it looks great on a you know who. <laughs> David Icke did the same thing, remember that? David mm-hmm. David Icke dressed solely in like turquoise for a few years yeah, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that before he went full lizard? <laughs> I think that was before <laughs> he went naked on the cover of his book. Yeah. Remember that one? And then of course Picasso had his blue stage. He did. Eiffel 65 was blue, da D dee da ba Without a doubt. If I was green, I would die. Without a doubt. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, so, yeah, blue's a color. <laughs> Primary. With a storied history. <laughs> uh, one time when he was uh, copping around, some kids uh, in Halloween costumes uh, pretended to, uh, like, uh, round him up. And he didn't take it kindly, so he shot tear gas at him. Nice, yeah. The kids, yeah. Oh, cool. god. <laughs> and kids already cry pretty easily. <laughs> they <laughs> he, cried that night. Yeah, they certainly <laughs> did. Uh, uh, this is uh, uh, from Carl uh, uh This is where I got the beginning of all of this. Carl Hungus? Uh His uh, his American Eccentrics book, which is is a good starting point for stuff, if not thorough. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> he, he uses the phrase in this, uh, in this profile, a magazine once ran a story about him, which is, uh, you know, if you, if you know that, you could give me the magazine. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I couldn't find it. That was all he said? Yeah. It's, it's a book from like 1930. A magazine you know? once wrote a story about that him. That magazine? Me. <laughs> yes, exactly. But according to Carl C. Vegas, he once went into uh, a restaurant and he brought his own vat of butter that he made on his farm and uh uh and then uh, he liked the service there so he gave he tipped the waitress uh, 80 silver dollars Whoa. that he st- he stacked on the table and he had in his pockets that's hot yeah man we're carrying around all that change it got to be his fucking. it's that's not clink, cold in clink there. clink that's heavy but you you're you know, tipping just to lighten the load i mean yeah, yeah but he likes it you and, put his butter on that toast his butter his good butter mhm and if he's not happy, he's going to throw it on the ground, throw all the dollars on the ground until he until you people, pick him up. Yeah, until people fighting for him makes him happy. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I heard the fucking the Uzuragusit uh Patreon preview. Mhm. Where Aaron talked about toasted up a nice old bread. <laughs> <laughs> so nice, loaf He goes, maybe even a sourdough. <laughs> and he goes... And he goes, and I'll just spread Matt Russo's voice all across. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Now, that's good. That's good introing. I should... Revisit that one. Is it the Be All end all Kendall? I doubt it. No, when did you come up with that? <laughs> did. The Be all and all Kendall. <laughs> Kendall. What's the other I also came up super stoned on that weed, which we both enjoyed recently. Mm-hmm. Where I came up with Cyborg the human sibian. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to, like, and remind me tomorrow to explain this. And you are like, dude, are you high? <laughs> and he was. Maybe I was. Maybe. I'll never tell. <laughs> you just told. Shit. Oh, God. Apparently on his, uh, his, he was the only uh, um, Texas Ranger. I mean, he was an honorary Texas Ranger, not a sheriff. <laughs> he was the only Texas Ranger with diamond a diamond-studded uh, badge. Because he couldn't fit a silver dollar on it, so he put a bunch of diamonds. on diamonds? it. Diamonds. Yeah, that is the tackiest. Imagine getting arrested by that guy. Oh, man, oh God! It. I'm just talking about Shaft. Sounds <laughs> like some Shaft to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he, uh, he he uh, he died of uh, heart disease, <laughs> as you do, 1950, <laughs> in 1957. And uh, here's a you know here's a, here's a picture of him for you lads. Um, I looked at the uh, camera very briefly. Oh, very nice. Yeah, he looks exactly like what you think he would look like. Fat man. uh, Sturdy. Yeah. Holding a gun. Bottom heavy. Cigar. 15-gallon hat. uh, (laughs) And when he died, they went into his basement and they found barrels of silver dollars. Oh, man. Worth over $2 million today. Holy shit. Barrels of silver dollars. Do you think he just hated the banks, or do you think he just loves silver dollars? I think he loves. I, I think silver. he just lo- he. I mean, he grew up rich. He probably loved money, yeah. to the point like another another level. That. I mean, I I like money, but when you grow up and surrounded, it's by a part of that, your identity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was like the video game he lived in. Yeah, I mean that's basically yeah. yeah. It's the exact opposite of the, of the last story, almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he paid to to fake it. Yeah. And then he so became sad. it. It's almost weird that you would think he wouldn't enjoy it because he was so surrounded by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think he uh, didn't enjoy it. No, he definitely enjoyed it. He definitely it. did. But you would think maybe somebody that grew up with it would not enjoy it because they were so used to it. Right. There but was also, a... it's a fucking human playground, so of course he would enjoy it. Yeah, especially it in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> In anyway. yeah, I mean, 40s, 50s, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, Houston was known as, it was like the city of uh, city of wealth. Houston was known the oil, as at that the time. oil yeah. boom, yeah. What year did he die in? 57. Fuck. So he lived uh, 50, uh, 54 years. Uh, that same A magazine that uh, Sefakis mentions, apparently, um, it was, the article was entitled, how to, how to Have Fun with 100 Million Dollars. <sighs> Jesus, how to? Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, yeah, just, you never know. Just go out, it. just start. But apparently, in, th- <laughs> in that same in that same chapter, there was another magazine that uh, he got really angry at the magazine because the author wrote that he almost felt by the end of the interview he almost felt bad for a hundred million dollars because I don't know, maybe things weren't that great, huh? But you just thought the way in which it was used was kind of like cheap, yeah. Yikes! Hmm. That's fucking dark. Is that you? Know it's one of those things like uh if you have all that money, right? What's the What's the least shitty way to yeah give you, it up? You can see the dumbest ways in which it can be spent. I mean, throwing and it on the ground, Bruce, there's millions. Yeah. yeah, and it's not charity, and it's not it's not Child fight health, it. yeah. and it's not anything. And you just go no. like, oh yeah, this is just a dude it's, buying a whole ton of fucking poppers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. You yeah, no, right. you know, like something that dumb, where you mm-hmm. go like, oh yeah. I mean, whatever you want is what you can do. There's no, there's no like quotient of like things you have to spend on. Imagine converting at the time two hundred fifty thousand dollars into silver dollars, <sighs> just so you can have it in your basement. So you, before you go out every day, you can fill your pockets with in it. Barrels in barrels. That's like almost Scrooge McDuck level. That is very Scrooge McDuck level. You should just poured it out. But also, you know know if anybody's doing anything Scrooge McDuck, you know it's in Texas. (laughs) You know for sure. Because they don't trust the banks. And they're after their money. And they're just like, I'm a fucking millionaire. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to keep it in the basement. Mm -hmm. That is dope, Matt. I really like that a lot. Well, like a guy with a weird collection, I'll tell you that. Mm Mm-hmm. You like that shit? I do. I like people that pay in two dollar bills. I like stuff like that. Yeah, like that weirdos. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like that. Guys, next time we're gonna be here is the hundredth episode. Oh, uh, we have a really fun one. You ready? Oh man. Oh boy. God, it's gonna be such a. It's a Christmas thing. miracle for you. Yeah. Even you know, it's like a, it's a week early, that's a miracle. Also, Ooh. it's great. That's, that's wise, also it? it's brilliant. It's we like have a, a, like a shining star. Should we say anything about it? No, okay. No, you got to wait want. till Christmas. Morning. Special guests. <laughs> yes. Special angels. Big long mm-hmm. episode. Guys are going to love it. I'm going to say goodnight. My name is John Fahey. I'm Aaron Pita. Members, Good night, everybody. We love you. Good night. Podcast Network.